0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Sorry about this, folks. I should. (laughs) Should have all this set before I come on, but sometimes I'm running just a wee bit behind. Well... It's big day, big news, and I want to get right into it here in a second. But first I want to remind you, uh, we are now 13 days away from the Stan Awards Dinner. We are running out of complimentary tickets, but we still do have some, and we've got to give a count anyway here in the next week. So uh, I would say a few days left for you to get your complimentary tickets to come to our Stand Awards dinner. Okay, Uh, it's gonna be at 7 p.m. at the uh, Tyson's Corner Marriott. That is at 8028 Leesburg Pike in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. That's Tuesday, May the 17th at 7 p.m. at the Tyson's Corner Marriott. Reserve your complimentary tickets to per person at awards dinner at standamerica.us awards dinner at standamerica.us love to see you there and if you know young people who you really want to get involved in the conservative movement and get them thinking about the issues of the day you really want to bring them because believe me they will they will get plenty to celebrate they will get plenty to 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 hear plenty to imbibe that will help inoculate them against the lies of the left. So I hope you can come. and hope you'll take advantage of the generosity of our sponsors who made it possible for us to offer a number of complimentary tickets. Now, you don't have to take a complimentary ticket. You want to go. Tickets are still available to be purchased. Of course, you can go online and do that. And by the way, if you want to sponsor, you want to help out, we've had many sponsors. That's the thing. Many sponsors live far out of town. We are a national organization. And we've got sponsors all over the country and of course they just they can't get here for the event, but they want to support it and that's why we are able to offer complimentary tickets to so many people. Um, But if you want to do that feel free, it gives us an opportunity to invite some more people to come uh, without having to pay the cost of uh, the $150 ticket so. It is a great value, folks. It really is a great value, and I'm grateful to God for the generosity of our supporters and sponsors and donors who make it possible for us to offer these complimentary tickets. Um, at any rate, before I get into the Word, we're going to jump right back into Second Thessalonians today, finish up Chapter 1. Big, big, big news yesterday. Big news. It was a leak. They'll find out who did the leak, I'm sure. But... The leak has been authenticated by um, Chief Justice uh, Roberts, who has said that, yes, it is in fact a draft, but this is a draft that was circulated back in February, and so it has gone through several iterations now. It probably looks a little bit different than it did then, but there's no indication whatsoever that the court is not about to overturn Roe v. Wade, which is bad law. By the way, When I went to college, um, I studied under a professor who was also a Harvard Law School graduate an attorney, and we studied constitutional law, and we studied the Roe v. Wade decision. And I was in college. I wasn't a Christian then. I wasn't conservative, at least not consciously conservative. I think I always had conservative values because I was raised that way. But I wasn't conscious of, you know, my, of of any sort of ideological position. And uh, we studied Roe v. Wade, and the conclusion that I remember coming to and pointing out to my professor, of course, he was drawing this out of me as he was teaching, was that the Supreme Court just made up stuff out of whole cloth. It had nothing to do with what was in the Constitution at all. Now that was back in 1974. That's shortly after Roe v. Wade came out, 74, might have been 75, but more likely 74 because I graduated from college in 75. And I think I'd taken that course before my last semester. So probably toward the end of 74. So Roe v. Wade was relatively new. And the conclusion that I came to then was that it had nothing to do with the constitution and it had nothing to do with constitutional law that these judges had simply made up their mind that they wanted to make abortion legal in America and they were, they, they were going to find a way to do it. And all this stuff about the three trimesters and all that just made up out of whole cloth. It had nothing to do with science, had nothing to do with co- constitutional jurisprudence, just had to do just like same-sex marriage. They thought it was a good thing. They thought this is the way it should go. They thought the culture should change to a- adopt this, and they did it acting more like philosopher Kings than like judges. So that was my conclusion. What's that? Uh, Over almost 50 years ago. Yeah, almost 50 years ago, just, just shy. In fact, 48 years ago. And here we are now with the Supreme court about to overturn Roe v. Wade. Okay, And once again, and by the way, uh, I would suggest that you go to our archives, AFR.net, and listen to yesterday's radio program, The Awakening, because this is Wisdom Awakening, my morning program, because I got some feedback on that program, and I'm not patting myself on the back because I just do what I do. that, that people found it really powerful, really powerful and really, really encouraging and uplifting, which is what I try to do anyway. But on the subject of life, they, 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 I had people say, man, it was, it, was, it was really good. So if you haven't heard it, I would suggest that you go to AFR.net. You can also go to my app, E.W. Jackson app at the Apple Store. I think right now, I think there's an issue with the Google play store. um, as I understand it, that's something we'll straighten out. Um, little transition that we're going through right now. So we've got some things that we have to try to get straight. That's one of them. Um, but, but it's still in the Apple store and you can go there, download the app and the app has access to all of my programming except the Sunday morning program, which for some reason is not connected to the app yet, but we're going to get that straightened out, too. But this, this uh, the, my radio program is, and this program is as well. But i suggest that you check that out. Here's what I want to focus on today before I get into the Word. One of the arguments that is being made is that if this is allowed to take place, other things will follow, other things meeting same-sex marriage, that that's going to go. The right to privacy, that's going to go. But here's the thing I want to center on, that they're using to say, this is horrible, this is horrible, this can't stand. That they're now going to ban conservatives, the Republicans, the Supreme Court, whoever, is going to go back to banning interracial marriage. Now, I can't begin to tell you how incensed that makes me. Because since the rise of the homosexual activist movement, which I now refer to as the SPCG movement, the sexual perversion, child grooming movement, because that's what it is. Since the rise of this, this abomination, uh, and, and, the, and the claim to legitimacy, there has been an attempt to equate it to being black, to equate it to being an American of African ancestry. Now, I abhor that comparison and every black person frankly ought to be insulted by it. And, I, I, and, and, and frankly, I'm shocked by these idiot pinhead black folks who claim to be so representing the black community when they equate homosexuality to being black and mention the two in the same breath, like like they're the equivalent. Homosexuality is not a race. It's a behavior. It's not an ethnicity. It's a behavior. Homosexuality is, is not something people are, it's something they do. And and the the, the protection against a discrimination is protection against the irrational treatment of people differently based on neutral outward physiological fixed characteristics. It'd be like saying, "Well, I'm not going to hire a person with blue eyes because I don't like people with blue eyes." Uh, I'm not going to hire a person who's a tall because I don't like tall people. I'm not going to hire a person who's short because I don't like short people. Okay, I mean, it's that's irrational because you know whether a person is tall or short, whether they have blue eyes or brown eyes or hazel eyes or or whatever has nothing to do with their character or their competence it says nothing about their moral behavior, right? It doesn't. But to be a homosexual means that you choose to violate 4,000 years of Judeo-Christian tradition that says homosexuality is sin. It is wrong. It is an abomination in the sight of God. It is unnatural. It is condemned. It is reprobate. People can't enter the kingdom of heaven. God won't let people in his kingdom who engage in such behavior. Now, the Bible doesn't say anything about God, not letting black people in or Asian people in or Indian people in or brown people in or, 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 or. Beige people in or whatever. In fact, maybe that's what I'll start using because you know, there's no such thing as white people. Nobody's white. But then you got to deal with black too, right? I mean, so some people are brown. Some people are very dark brown. Nobody's really black either. Some people are dark brown, have very dark brown skin. Some people have tan brown skin like I do. Some people have lighter brown skin. Some people have kind of a beige-ish, yellowish skin. I've never met a person with white skin. In fact, just as an aside, as I've said many times before, you probably heard me say it. I've never met a person without color. So this is of you know, people of color. I said, what are they? people of color and people of no color? It's stupid. Everybody's got color. It's just the colors that can be different depending on their background, their ancestry, who their parents were, all of that. None of which, by the way, we chose. It was chosen for us. I would say ultimately by almighty God. Someone with a more scientific bent would say it was chosen for us by our genetic heritage or background. But you didn't choose it. Whatever your complexion is, you didn't choose that. Whatever your background, you didn't choose that. You inherited that. So for you to be treated differently based upon not any behavior, not anything you do, but the way you look. And some people then ascribe to that certain characteristics that make you undesirable as an employee or undesirable as a companion or undesirable as a member of a club. That's irrational. It doesn't make sense homosexuality is different. It is behavior. And so, for example, if I say, I don't want my children around homosexuals, I don't want them to see two men holding hands or kissing or engaging in some kind of public displays of affection, because to me it's unnatural and it's wrong and it's sinful. And I don't want my children exposed to that. That's not discrimination. That's saying I choose not to be exposed to or to expose my family to certain kinds of behavior. In the same way, if I said, I don't want my children around that guy, he drinks all the time. I don't want my children around that woman. She, every word out of her mouth is profanity. That's not discrimination of an invidious nature. That's rational. That's rationally choosing not to be around certain people because of the nature of their behavior. If I object to it, homosexuality is not about how you look. Although some people try to make it seem to try to make it about that. try to look as flamboyant as they can look just like look crazy to me. That's behavior. I said on Sunday morning, if you listen to my Sunday morning sermon, I said, If you are a drag queen, you're not welcome to come into my church in drag queen regalia. You can't come in. I'm not letting you in. Now, if you want to come dressed as a normal man who's got these proclivities because you're coming in for help or you want to hear the word of God, you are more than welcome. But if you want to come in and make a show of yourself, no, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Any more than I would have a, a playboy bunny or a stripper come in dressed in some revealing regalia and say, well, this is who I am. This is no, that's what you do. And you want to make a spectacle of yourself in my church. So you are not welcome. But if you want to come in dressed as a normal person, the fact that you do that. Means that you can come in and hear the word of God and maybe have a change of life and stop doing that. But I'm not discriminating against you as a person. I'm discriminating against your behavior. Being black is not behavior. I know there's some idiots who try to make it that way. Try to create this kind of pathological black culture where you can't speak English properly. And if you do, you're acting white and all of this, and you got to be loud and stupid and boisterous and you got to use drugs and you got to be a drug dealer and you got to hate cops and, you know, all this crazy stuff. But that, that's a subculture. That's, that's just a silly, sick perversion of what it means to be an American of African ancestry. That is behavior. And if you're going to act a fool, I am going to discriminate against your foolishness. So he didn't want to hire me because, uh, because I'm black, No, know. I do not want to hire you because you're acting a fool. I don't care what the color of your skin is. This equating homosexuality to being black is an insult because what it says is this, that being black is somehow immoral, like being homosexual, like behaving, uh, in, engaging in homosexual acts. That's an immoral act from a Christian perspective. Yeah, I said it because I, that's what the word of God says and whether people like it or not, it's the truth. It's an immoral act. Being black is not immoral because I was just born this way. Being an American of African ancestry is not immoral. I was just born this way. So it's an insult because what it it equates being black to immoral and what the Bible calls abominable behavior, unnatural behavior. Yeah. And i say it again. It is not natural for a man to be sexually attracted to another man or for a woman to be sexually attracted to another woman. Romans chapter one says, this is the result of a reprobate mind that God gives people up to when they reject him as God and worship the creature more than the creator. So stop it. Well, black or LGBT. It's like, uh, what company was it? Um, Oh yeah, Disney. That said, we're going to make sure 50% of our characters are either Uh, LGBTQ, or I guess they said black or people of color, something like that. So in other words, if we can't find any black folks or Hispanic folks or people of darker complected skin to satisfy our little quota system, that's okay. We can get a drag queen. We can get a homosexual. We can get a lesbian. We can get a whatever. I guess get a pedophile because Disney's hired some. Yeah, they have. They've hired pedophiles. People convicted of pedophilia. People convicted of child molestation. They've hired them. I've got it documented in my archives. I'm not saying they've hired hundreds of them or anything like that, but they tend to overlook the stuff. Why? Because Disney has been given up to a reprobate mind. I wouldn't oh my goodness gracious, somebody just told me a relative is going on a trip to Disney. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take children to Disneyland or Disney World, oh my goodness gracious. You just might as well go t- take them to hell because that's what they're turning it into. 50% of our characters are going to be LGBTQ. See, that's really what they're going for. They don't care about black folks because they realize black people can think independently and can, can, can vote independently, but, but homosexuality and lesbianism is like a cult. It's like a a, a sexual deviancy. Cult. And those people are kind of captured. Because they all want everybody to normalize what they do. Being black does not have to be normalized. You're just another human being with a with 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 like all human beings with a particular complexion. That's all. I was just reading about Karl Marx. And as it turned out, uh, I didn't know this. I didn't find this out until just this week when I was reading about it. Karl Marx had very dark skin, I mean, for a European. His skin was swarthy. Well, of course he had Jewish background, so that means his people ultimately hail from the Middle East. So he, he had dark skin, hair uh, again, dark meaning not, uh, he, he didn't look black or anything, I don't think like that, but like more like an Arab. Skin like, you know, a person from the Middle East, a darker person from the Middle East. And they nicknamed him and apparently the people who knew him well called him the Moor. That was just the complexion of his skin. I don't hold that against him. I hold against him the pernicious ideology that he unleashed upon the world that's caused the deaths of probably 150 million people all told. By murder, starvation, genocide. has nothing to do with skin color it has to do with, with what he did and what he said and what he wrote. Don't equate homosexuality with being black or Hispanic or anything else. Cause they're, they're entirely different. It's equating an immutable outward physiological characteristic with, with chosen immoral, perverse behavior and it is perverse behavior. It is immoral and it's what people choose to do. And I know they'll say, Oh no, no, they were born this way. They don't choose it. Well, you, you got to choose to have sex, don't you? They choose to engage in that immoral act. of having intimate contact with a person of the same gender. And don't, don't blame Bishop Jackson. I I know I could get kicked off of all kinds of stuff for this, but don't blame Bishop Jackson. You know what you might YouTube, Facebook. Why don't you just censor the Bible? Okay, just, just do what you really think and just say the Bible is no longer welcome to be read on our venues. Good, because then we can we can take that and, and and bring First Amendment actions against you because you you basically operate under color of state law because of your liability protection that's been given you by the federal government through the legislature. And, and therefore, you are violating a, the First Amendment rights of people who use your platforms when you decide you don't want certain things said and you don't want certain things heard because you just like Boston. By the way, big case, just handed down uh, Boston, uh, Supreme Court just handed down a big case in Boston, where the city of Boston discriminated against a group that held a rally on the plaza and wanted to fly the Christian flag and the city of Boston that lets the homosexual flag fly and the black lives matter flag fly and the, and any other stupid flag you can think of is okay to fly. But when it came to the Christian flag, Oh no, no, you can't, you can't fly the Christian flag. Uh, uh-uh, uh, we're not letting that happen. And they lost unanimously. The Supreme court said that is discrimination against people and their first amendment rights. So homosexuality is sin and and people have a right to determine whether they want to be associated with that sin or not. That is entirely different than interracial marriage because there's really no such thing anyway, because really we're all the same race. So a man and a woman, they have the same, they, they they're, the plumbing matches and the skin color doesn't in any way affect that. Now we know what, bans on interracial marriage were all about. They were really all about racial ideology and trying to maintain the class structure that benefited just a few, by the way. It didn't benefit most people. It benefited just a few. All it did for for other Americans who weren't slaveholders, who didn't have lots of property or power or influence, all it did for the average American of European ancestry was to give them this psychological feeling, well, you're better than they are. That's all. It really didn't even add to their opportunities because slavery took away opportunities for work. Why hire an American of European ancestry when you can pay for a lifetime slave? That's one of the reasons why the, 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 the North ultimately won the war. I mean, I think they won it because they won the right side of history in that moment. But I think they won it also because the North having given up slavery earlier. Uh, Had a more robust economy Because it wasn't one-dimensional the south had a pretty much one-dimensional economy. It was agrarian And it was held there because of slavery. I mean it was easy easy free Lifetime well it wasn't free exactly. I mean you had to buy the slaves, but but lifetime labor And it was it was really economically debilitating it was not this this I don't want to get off on that. Uh, let me stay on point because I was going to say this idea that America is built on slavery, it's just, that's, that's just preposterous. That's, that's just, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. I think most economists recognize that slavery held the South back. And it certainly didn't propel America into being the superpower we became. It was invention and innovation and technology and industrialization that did that, which was, which was the rejection ultimately of a slave economy. But here again, I don't want to get off into that. We, we, all you black folks watching me right now. The next time somebody says, well, black or LGBTQ, stop them, stop them. sense. say, wait, 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 what's one got to do with the other? Homosexuality is behavior. Being black is simply an immutable physiological characteristic. I don't choose to do black. I simply am people choose to engage in homosexuality. So while if I go to a photography shop and they say, I don't want to, I don't want to film your wedding because I don't want to film the wedding of black people. Now that's irrational discrimination. But if I go and say, I want you to film, uh, the, 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 uh, somebody goes, somebody else goes and it says, I want you to film my same sex ceremony where two men are going to be kissing and there are going to be a bunch of homosexuals there all engaged in whatever the, the homosexuals, however they behave, you know what I mean? Um, and a person said, well, I'm a Christian. I don't believe that that behavior is right. I believe it's sinful and I don't want to be a part of encouraging it, chronicling it, documenting it. I don't, I, I, I don't want to have anything whatsoever to do with it. Oh, we're going to destroy your business. Saying no to that black person is irrational and invidious discrimination. Saying no to that homosexual is very rational, very justified because you are not discriminating on the basis of that individual's personhood, but on the basis of that individual's behavior, the things that that person does that you find morally objectionable. I was saying on, on Sunday in my sermon, say, it, I had a guy apply to, to be my musician one time. And I was interviewing him, you know, had a, a nice family with him. I said, well, you got a nice family. How long have you been married? He said, we're, we're not married. I said, well, I can't hire you. Oh, well, what do you mean you can't hire me? I said, I can't hire you to be a church musician. You're shacking up. I, this guy was black. Oh, well, other churches have hired me. Other church. I said, well, that's them. I said, they... I said, they've got to answer to God for themselves. I said, but I'm not putting a person up front in my church who is living in sin. Now, was that discrimination? Yeah, rational Christian judgment about his behavior. I wasn't not hiring him because of the color of his skin or some immutable characteristic, I was hiring him because he chose to live with a woman without benefit of marriage and to be having sex with that woman and to be producing children with that woman without doing what the Bible requires, which is marrying. Okay, so I, they need to get off it. But you know, homosexuals are really like, they, they've, they're parasites on the black community because they've used the black community to further their agenda by analogizing themselves to being black. That's what they've done. But being black has not caused the kind of moral poison and degeneracy in this country that we're seeing now where you've got people telling four-year-old children that they might be a boy in a girl's body or or a a guy in a boy's body. That's degenerate, that's child abuse, that's child predation. Those are predators doing that stuff. They ought to be locked up. So don't liken that to being black because they're two entirely different things. This, this decision about Roe B. Wade has nothing to do with race. It has to do with the murder of unborn children. And by the way, by the way, black women are, are, Somebody, I heard somebody say 16%, that, that, that's, I think that's a little high because the black population in America is only between 12 and 13%. So that would mean black women are probably more like six to 7% of the American population, but, they, but, but 36 to 40%, sometimes in cases like places like New York, 50% of the abortions are performed on black women. Why is that? Because everything else where there's a disparity is a big deal, oh, there must be something wrong. But when it comes to killing unborn black babies, oh, no, that's, that, that's normal. That's, that's perfectly appropriate. Yeah. It's, it's evil is what it is. The last estimate I heard was 19 million. Uh, and I think that that's because if, 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 if 60 million babies have been aborted and about 40%, 37 to 36 to 40%, to 40, 40 percent of those babies are black. That's, that's well over because 20 million would be a third. So that's well over 20 million. That gets you up to 24, 25 million black babies aborted. So don't even bring up interracial marriage has nothing to do with it. It This has to do with the killing of unborn babies. And as far as I'm concerned, we ought to ban same-sex marriage. Yeah, I said it because I mean it. When I say ban it, it ought not be legally or constitutionally recognized. People can do what they want in their private lives. If they want to go through a ceremony and call it marriage, have at it. But they ought not be able to go to a justice of peace and get a document. They can enter a contract privately and they can even file that contract with a probate court and say, we've entered into a contract. They can call it marriage. Union, whatever they want to call it. They can call it anything they want to call it, but the law should only recognize the contract because marriage is only a union between one man and one woman. That's it. That's all it will ever be. That's all it will ever be. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. They're not God. That's why, how we Roby Roe v. Wade, Supreme Court justices, thinking they're God. It's okay to kill a baby. We give you permission. Yeah, it's okay for two men to marry. We give you permission. Yeah, well, God didn't give you permission. And he's the one you're ultimately going to have to answer to. All right. As usual, longer commentary than I expected to do. But let's get to the word. I want to go to the the, the chapter one. I want to finish up chapter one today. Verse nine, it says, and it's talking about the people who, cause tribulation to God's children and his judgment on them. And it says beginning uh, at the, we, we, the eighth verse says in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God. And we talked about that on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about that. Ninth verse says these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, everlasting destruction. I think we talked a little bit about that, everlasting destruction. By the way, that doesn't mean loss of consciousness. It doesn't mean you are unaware. It means that you are in a forever state of destruction. Jesus said you're being eaten with worms, you're being burned with fire, and you are weeping and gnashing your teeth. And by the way, I don't have time to teach it right now, but I'll say this. Hell is going to be a place where people will scream and won't even be able to get the relief of hearing their own screams. Because the Bible says the wicked shall be silenced forever. They're not going to be able to make any sound. They're just going to have to deal with the pain and the anguish of their sin eating away at them for all of eternity. everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Hell is a place where God has withdrawn his presence. And look, when God withdraws his presence, there's nothing but pain and anguish and chaos and death, but not death in the sense of loss of consciousness, but death in the sense of constant anguishing disintegration. See, I've taught this before, but death is not the absence or the separation of the soul and spirit from the body. That is simply a manifestation of death. Remember, God told Adam, in the day you eat this fruit, you shall surely die. But Adam didn't die until he was 930 years old in the sense of his body going back to the dust. So what, what, what did God mean? In the day you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. From the moment he disobeyed God, the principle of death kicked in. And what's that principle? Separation. He was separated from God. He was separated from his wife. He was separated from the Garden of Eden. Disintegration. His body began to disintegrate, began to age. He was now moving toward the point where his body would, could no longer function. So separation, disintegration, deterioration. God said, now you're going to earn your living by the sweat of your brow. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In other words, now the ground is deteriorating. Instead of it producing beauty and flowers and lushness, now you're going you're to eke out an existence from it. You're going to wrestle with it destruction, um, what happened, uh, Cain killed Abel, destroyed Abel's life out of jealousy and hatred and anger. So you see separation, degeneration, deterioration, destruction. Um, all the, th- This is the dynamic of death at work. It's why we age. See, so death is not an event. It is a dynamic negative principle. And so everlasting destruction is really everlasting disintegration, deterioration, but it never, ever, ever ends. The pain never ends. The anguish never ends. The awareness of the sin that got you there never ends. The awareness of the fact that you had a chance for salvation and you rejected it, never ends, says when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints, his 10th verse, and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. See, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. I know there are Christians today who've embraced all kinds of strange eschatology. Eschatology is simply a big theological word that means end times uh, theology. And so they reject the, the idea of an actual physical coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he is coming back. He is coming back. My savior, my king is coming back to this earth to claim his rightful place as king of kings and lord of lords and to put down all of his enemies. But look, to be glorified in his saints. See, when he comes, see, I really believe in, in in the rapture and that when Jesus comes for the final judgment on this earth, I'm going to be with him. When he comes to set up his millennial kingdom, I'm going to be with him. And then, of course, a thousand-year reign and then in the final battle of Armageddon. I'm going to be with him. You are going to be with him. If you're a saint of God, if you're a child of God and he's going to be glorified in his saints and be admired among all those who believe. Now, those who don't believe just like now, they hate him. You know, do you all remember a movie that came out, about, I guess about 20 years ago now, um, called The Last Temptation of Christ? that movie is an abomination, it's blasphemous. Well, I was part of a group that went to protest that movie when it was released in Boston. And when I went there to protest it, now we didn't stop people from going in, we didn't try to block their right to go in, but we peacefully protested as Christians to say, this thing is an abomination and we don't like it, we would rather not see the theater carry it, I mean, you know, we weren't trying to destroy their First Amendment rights, but we were saying we've got First Amendment rights to say we don't like this, we don't agree with it, and we don't want to see it, and we don't think anybody else should want to see it. I looked across the street because they separated the two groups. This goes back quite a ways now, but I would say there's probably at least 100 people on each side of this. Um, I think maybe, as I recall, a few more on our side than on theirs. But when I looked across the street, they were holding up signs about Jesus that I wouldn't even repeat. I wouldn't even repeat them. They were so nasty and vulgar and disgusting. I wouldn't even repeat them. See, he's admired among all those who believe but he's despised by those who don't. This whole, this whole homosexual thing, they, they despise Jesus. They despise his holiness. They despise his righteousness. They despise his standard. The only Jesus they like is a the Jesus they can appropriate for themselves who will put his seal of approval on their abominable behavior. But for those of us who believe, we have nothing but admiration for him, nothing but glory for him, nothing but worship for him, praise for him, honor for him. It says, because our testimony among you was believed that these folks in Thessalonica are believing because they believed the apostles when they told them about Jesus. Somebody told you about Jesus and you believed it. I read about the Lord in the Bible and I believed it. And then I came to believe people who had earlier told me about him and I didn't want to hear it. But I came to believe them too and knew that they were right. Well, as usual, uh, I'm not going to get as far as I plan to get, but we'll finish up uh, tomorrow definitely with verses 11 and 12 and then go on to chapter one. Uh, don't forget, folks. Uh, I will be gathering together with a group of people uh, for our Stand Awards Dinner on May the 17th at 7 p.m. at the Tyson's Corner Marriott, and you are invited to come as my guest. Uh, all you got to do is email dinner at standamerica.us, and we'd be happy to provide you with two complimentary tickets. If you don't need two, we'll, we'll get you one. If you have young people who you'd like to bring, we will make an accommodation for young people. We want as many young people to come as we can. God bless each and every one of you. I'll tell you, folks, I am elated by the likelihood that the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. They need to overturn it. They need to overturn Obergefell, which gave us same-sex marriage. They need to overturn all of these made-up rights. They're not really fundamental rights given to us by God. They're made-up rights given to us by the cultural influence of the left infiltrating the minds of these judges who then make stuff up because they think that's the way the culture ought to go because they have imbibed, they've drunk the Kool-Aid. But these are not real rights. There's no right to kill an unborn baby and there's no right for two men or two women to marry because that's not what marriage is. That's made up. So you keep standing up for the Constitution of the United States. You keep standing up for God first and foremost. You keep standing up for that flag and you keep standing up for the Judeo-Christian principles that made this nation, the greatest nation in the history of mankind. It's not an accident. It's the blessing of almighty God on us, not because we've been perfect, but because we've been a nation that was rooted and grounded and founded in faith in God. That's been the key to our success as a nation. And that's the key to our future as a nation. So don't ever give up on that. You stand up, step up, speak up and refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit, because we are on God's side.